right, hello everyone. It's Peter Miller for Smarter Than BPD. It is April 10th, 2023, and this is episode 18. And today I wanted to get into a topic similar to the previous episode, um, or the episode before the last episode, and that being emotional avoidance. And I also wanted to couple that today with um, what it's like to be in a relationship with someone who has borderline personality disorder. And I guess more specifically, being in a relationship with someone who has borderline personality disorder and you don't know what is going on or how to deal with it. I was also saying in the last episode, episode 17, that the uh, person with BPD uh, can be in a situation where they are experiencing abuse and um, lots of ineffective responding from the people in their life. Uh, but it is also true that the person with BPD can be incredibly difficult to deal with, especially when Everyone is ignorant of mental health. No one knows what is going on. So I'm going to talk about that as well today, um, just to be realistic, uh, because it can get very toxic and ugly uh, in relationships when you have unmanaged and untreated borderline personality disorder. So the big... <laughs> part of this ugliness is when a person remains stuck in a pattern of emotional avoidance meaning that they are they're going through life without an ability to uh, feel certain things and they might even not be aware that they are going through life sort of on a mission to like avoid feeling things that they don't like to feel and that could often include things like guilt shame rejection uh, fears of abandonment uh, feeling worthlessness those are some some common ones so i mean what a person with bpd may unconsciously or kind of instinctually do is try and set up a situation where the people that they are in relationships with will like go along with this this uh, mission to avoid feelings so i mean it can be it can start out like a person might just say you know i don't want you to like look at me in a way that i think is rejecting or I don't want you to say certain things that you know I don't like the sound of those words or I you know I don't want you to look at other people in certain ways I don't want you to maybe smile and laugh with other people because it makes me insecure so you can get actually quite controlling um, a person with BPD can be quite controlling uh, because they are trying to stay away from emotions that they can't handle. They probably can't 
fully grasp that yet, especially in the beginning stages, but they just know that they don't like to feel certain things. Uh, and a person with BPD might also seek a lot of like reassurance, like, you know, do you still care about me? Do you still love me? Are you going to leave me? And that can be very repetitive and very ongoing. And sometimes people in relationships uh, with a person suffering from BPD will enable those behaviors. So, you know, they'll go along with it. They'll try and be and do like exactly what the person wants so that they, you know, they stay comfortable. Um, but of course, in the long run, this ends up being a very difficult way to be in a relationship because, I mean, you end up feeling controlled and uh, it can be, you know, quite annoying to have to do all these, uh, all these artificial things uh, that a person, you know, wouldn't normally do in their life just so that the person who has the emotional challenges stays comfortable. Um, so, I mean, there can be, you know, a person might not want to enable sometimes and then it can get, um, that's where it can start to get maybe a bit uglier, right? Um, and a person with BPD might get angry or they might do something more passive aggressive. And, you know, you might also have other situations where there's these, you know, the, remember there's misunderstandings and misinterpretations, things being taken the wrong way. And then, you know, you have the emotions that come out from that. Uh, it just, it could just be in the middle of a conversation where things are being said. And then someone thinks that you're, uh, a person with BPD could think that you're putting them down or you're um, uh, disrespecting, mocking, that kind of thing, right? So, and, and because the partner never really knows when uh, these misinterpretations, these misunderstandings are going to happen, it can be like you're walking on eggshells. And this is a common, common statement. And there's even books with that title, uh, walking on eggshells that are about BPD. Um, so that, you know, is it's a common theme and, and, and if you have that feeling of walking on eggshells that's a kind of a red flag that's a sign that there's something in the realm of borderline personality disorder or maybe other other personality disorder maybe some narcissism um, could be part of the picture as well it's something to look into uh, because you know it's starting to seem kind of toxic so the thing with all these emotional avoidance behaviors is that um, they don't help with problem solving. Like it's not like you're approaching approaching situations that where you're taking a wise-minded, effective approach uh, in the way that you respond and the way that you deal with things. Um, so a person with BPD gets stuck with making decisions that are heavily influenced by needing to avoid feelings. And so they're not actually problem solving in ways that are effective, that are, uh, will get the outcome and results that they want or help them get their needs met. In fact, it does more of the opposite where you're kind of breaking relationships or uh, dealing with 
situations maybe at work or with friendships it, it, it ends up sort of destroying things um maybe you get like you know you get angry when you don't need to get angry or uh, you avoid uh, some challenge that you need to face um, or you end up doing some of those people pleasing behaviors right uh, that doesn't help in the long run uh, where you end up feeling uh, powerless as well uh, or you start uh, doing some excessive work behaviors or you pretend to be happy uh being kind of fake right i mean there's there's so many ways to avoid feelings and you know humans are quite uh uh interesting <laughs> and there's so much variety in the way and you know in the the types of behaviors that are chosen like person to person and that's i think that's one of the reasons that bpd can look so different uh, like one presentation of borderline can look different from another uh and and uh like not everyone with bpd has extreme self-harm behaviors or they don't all threaten suicide or, or try to commit suicide that's just with some uh and and many others it can be it can be much more subtle and you know i'll talk about more of those extreme presentations too and like why it can get to that point of being more extreme uh in some cases but the main thing is uh, so you have you know a person that hasn't learned how to live with their emotions they haven't learned how to identify and work through them to you know live in their body that way and so they come up with all these different varieties of ways to try and like be okay in their body and and be okay with their emotions and they're not effective ways and then they enter into the relationships with people who also don't know about mental health right and then those people do things to that accidentally make the situation worse either by kind of giving in and enabling um or on the contrary they they might do some lots of invalidating um or even punishing types of behaviors uh towards a person who has borderline sometimes you have a mixture right some some enabling some invalidating some punishing and uh it can just get really confusing and really awful um to the point where things end up getting uh you know where you have uh physical abuse domestic violence uh, all that kind of stuff um but if you think about it so a person with bpd hasn't learned how to manage their emotions or, or feel through things and then so they end up like in this bind where um so uh in the in the initial stages the, the people that are around could be accidentally making it worse right with all the enabling and then uh, and then they and then the people don't want to um go along with the enabling and and they end up kind of saying, you know, we've had enough of this. And so we're not going to, um, like, give you reassurance all the time. Or we're not going to, you know, make the environment exactly how you want it to be. And so so then the person with BPD get, could get quite angry, right? And then the, the partner or family or whoever could then get, you know, kind of, kind of mean right like um, okay like if you're going to behave like that you know then we're not going to be able to talk at all 
or you know we're not going to be able to have a relationship so then you get some of the you know some rejections going on and the fear of abandonment kicking in right uh so i mean the the person with bpd gets kind of like more and more um in in a corner or without options because they they don't know what to do to make the situation better other than what they have tried um so they you can get more and more desperate right um so that's when some of the more extreme behaviors could come in some of the extreme recklessness or like giving up you know um the the substance abusing or the um the self-harming or the the threatening suicide because it's the desperation of not knowing what to do so it's like um you, you can't make things work with the strategies i mean the ineffective strategies that you've employed and uh, the people aren't willing to go along with those and then they're also kind of threatening to give up on you potentially right if uh if you don't like figure it out like really fast or figure out how to not have these patterns that you're bringing into the relationship so the desperation right shows up uh and and sometimes people they get even uh ridiculed or punished for showing the desperation right so oh they're just um trying to get attention by the uh the suicidal threat um or you know they're just trying to uh they're just uh they're just doing something that they're just trying to make life hard for us uh they're just they're just being you know they're just trying to be awful back for some reason, you know, they're, they're mad at us. I mean, it's all so many dumb reasons that people can come up with, right? For why all these awful things can happen in relationships. Um, <laughs> people could, could be saying, you know, uh, they're not like uh, eating, uh, eating enough uh, good foods or they're not uh, being spiritual enough or they're not, uh, you know they're not exercising enough i mean maybe some of those things could sort of play a role in in the problems with the behaviors but i mean the big thing is in my view is that the, the person uh, doesn't have a way to uh, deal with their emotional self and so they're left without options <clears throat> and things keep breaking down and then eventually you know they can start to think to themselves like i just can't make any situation work any relationship work um i can't seem to get any of those needs met or you know i have it for a short time and then i lose it so you know i just must be a loser so you can get severely self-judgmental and you know severely shaming and that shame emotion is like so heavy and so hard to deal with um and that's i think one of the where where people get down into their lowest when they're thinking that it's you know it's really just me like i'm just a bad human being and i can't be you know i'm, I'm no good to anybody <clears throat> so you start getting into this this big lie that you know that you're that you have no value you have no quality um and people are just going to be rejecting and abandoning like no, no matter where you go but it's really all just one big it's all just one big lie um 
because it doesn't acknowledge the fact that um, the emotions that you need to learn how to handle and tolerate, you never learned how to do that. Uh, the people that you ended up in relationships with did not know how to help support you through the challenges of learning to live with your emotions. In fact, they accidentally made it worse and then they maybe even got really cruel and punishing about it because, you know, tough love is supposed to work, right? If you're just, if you just punish somebody enough, then they're going to actually figure things out. I mean, I'm just kind of shaking my head right now. Um, because you can't punish somebody into good health. <laughs> you can't punish somebody into good health and well-being. Um, I actually used to work in the prison system for a little while, and um, that was one of my big kind of beefs with that system. I was like, so we're going to punish people into better, a better behavioral pattern, um, and they're going to, you know figure out how to live in a different way s miraculously because they've been uh, locked up for a while and uh, you know maybe they've uh, gone to a few educational classes I mean maybe some prisons are different from others maybe some have some excellent psychoeducational groups and programs and um, you know maybe they even talk about borderline personality disorder in some jails i hope they they do uh, because uh, punishment from either the system or your family or your friends is not going to help you figure out how to manage borderline personality disorder uh, you need to learn how to uh, adjust the way that you live in your body and develop the courage and mastery uh, of all of the emotions that you experience as a human. So I wanted to get into what it's like, I guess, today to be in a relationship with someone with BPD. Um, I mean, I, I, I think one of the, the worst things is to be in a relationship with that disorder happening and not have any understanding or idea what's going on. It's like living in living in the dark it's like uh so no one uh, has a clue yet they're trying to manage all these things with like not none of the right tools um so you can guess that you end up making a big fat mess that way and um, i mean that's exactly what happened in my life too i went for like 37 years of my life like not knowing that i fit a criteria for this disorder uh, and i've said in one of my uh, previous episodes one of my early episodes in this podcast that i read this book from valerie poor when one of my you know, one of my coworkers in mental health pointed out some of these traits that she noticed in me. So this this book, Overcoming Borderline Personality Disorder, A Family Guide for Healing and Change by Valerie Poor. I'm reading this book and I'm just like, my mind is just completely blown, right? Like, holy crap. Like, I have been living with this for years uh, and I have not known it and uh, the people in my life have not had any idea of what's been going on. So, I mean, so many painful moments um, and toxicity and so many things that could have been like reduced or eliminated had I known earlier in my life what 
what like what happened to me right and um that's the thing like early intervention is so so important uh, but you know sadly often people find out in their um like in their adulthood I would say probably in their 30s or 40s often that there is a serious issue going on that they need to learn how to handle and they lean, they need to learn to get some understanding and some skills and I was one of those people too and I uh I dove in hard into the um the DBT dialectical behavior therapy um literature and um anything I could get my hands on and um and I was just lucky enough to work in an environment that talked about this stuff all the time um and i could attend you know like groups and and be have lots of exposure to the ideas um so i mean i mean number one it would help me to like forgive myself for a lot of the bad decisions that i've made and and bad behaviors that i've had and um uh, and to give me a path a pathway like a way out right and um and it hasn't been easy over the years like uh, even like since i discovered what was going on right because it takes a while to work your way out of this like it isn't something that you just do immediately in or in a few therapy sessions like this brain wiring this dysfunctional brain wiring was established over many many years right and so it can take months to years of uh, uh diligent uh work and effort to to reduce the the issue or to change the pattern like to literally change the way the your brain is operating and the pathways that you know you're using you need to create new pathways uh and use you know new skills and um approach situations differently than you used to um so there's work involved in this uh don't uh don't uh, kid yourself there it's um but i mean the main thing to to keep in mind is that it is possible to to make improvements um just like a person who is like very out of shape physically they can go to the gym and they can slowly make improvements until they are uh, a lot more fit than they used to be um but the work involved is not exactly enjoyable right but the the payoff is definitely worth it in the long run so that's the main stuff um, that I wanted to explain today um, and just how I guess a person with BPD could, you know, unknowingly kind of end up undermining everything in their life um, uh, and not knowing sort of exactly why. And then because they don't know why, they, they just sort of very simply blame themselves. Um, and it is partially true that they don't have the skills and understanding and awareness to make the changes, but it, it's also true that they didn't want this and they didn't, uh, you know, try to have an emotional disorder. Uh, it's just something that happened in their life because of, you know, different factors. And I wanted to point out today too, that um, it is a fact that people inherit different genetics and um, like we don't live 
in like where everything is exactly fair when it comes to brain development and um, uh, emotional challenges. So some people are going to inherit uh, more emotional sensitivity. They're going to be more sensitive humans. Um, and, uh, and they're also going to be stuck in um, toxic family environments. Uh, in many cases as children. So, you know, their their families are trying to teach them how to live in their bodies, like in all the wrong ways. Um, so they don't have really a chance of being able to learn how to do it. So, like, keep that in mind. Like, and some people are very lucky to, um, to have a different genetic profile where maybe they have less emotional challenges and maybe they, their parents are, have a little bit more understanding of uh, mental health or um, they just don't have as much of that kind of um, stuff to, to learn how to, to deal with in their, in their family makeup. So yeah, be careful if you're, you know, you see someone who is really having challenges with their emotions and you find yourself judging them, you know, very simply about that they should just get it together. Um, when uh, there's, you know, it's more likely that they grew up in a way where they didn't learn how to live in their body and they had no idea that they didn't learn how to live in their body and with all of the emotions and that they have been trying to get by on all these different uh, tactics, like all these emotional avoidance behaviors that don't help them to solve the, uh, the big challenges and problems in life. Like you can imagine, right? Like if you're, if you're constantly making decisions or doing things in a way that isn't the best approach to solve a problem if you're mostly trying to just try and get away from certain kinds of feelings like how are you going to get like good results in life like you're not because your priority is to get away from feelings instead of solve a problem and sometimes you know you need to face uncomfortable challenging emotions especially things like frustration and uncertainty you know um and other feelings too like when you're trying to work out a problem and uh, trying to work things through there can be lots of emotional um ups and downs and you need a way to get through it instead of trying to get away from it um other than that i just wanted to mention today that it uh, on the flip side, I guess that it does make sense in some cases to avoid emotions, right? Like, um, like, why would I put myself in an, in, uh, in a situation where I'm being like constantly put down, right? Um, you know, if someone is kind of purposefully being cruel or mean, like it would make sense for me not to just kind of put myself in that situation and, uh, you know, uh, feeling some of those emotions and having to sort out all those emotions and do all that emotional work if it was like if i did if i didn't have to be in that situation like if you're in some work setting where you have some awful boss right uh and they have all these awful management strategies like <laughs> like why would i stay working there and expose myself to that and have to do all that emotional and corrective work in my mind and with my thoughts so in some cases it does make sense to avoid uh, situations, people, and the feelings that result. But in, in many other situations, it makes sense to work through the emotions um, and work through your thoughts 
and the uh, misperceptions and misinterpretations that you may be experiencing. So hopefully some of that dialectical understanding is coming through here too. You know, sometimes it does make sense to work through emotions. Sometimes it makes sense to avoid emotions. Depends on the situation. All right. So that's it for today. I hope it was helpful to uh, listen to this. And please do return to smarterthanbpd.info to review the PowerPoint slides and accompanying text that go with the slides uh please uh check out the discord group if you want to ask me any questions you can find a link to that at smarterthanbpd.info near the bottom of the page um and i also am continuing to work hard on the smarter than bpd premium skills training program uh, have a couple of individuals expressing interest and that's awesome and lastly, uh, thank you very much to anyone who has provided a rating in Apple Podcasts, uh, rating and review. I appreciate that very much. Okay, take care and we'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.